diner down These battle wood chip walls keep crackling These Hey, welcome back to the Redline Roots podcast. This is Ken and I am so excited to bring you this most recent conversation with Kamara Thomas, who is just an incredible artist and brings so much of her insight in musicianship and artistry and activism to this conversation. It was a real blast to talk with her. Um, We talk about her latest live EP, Live at Castle House, which is incredible and you have to listen to it. You'll hear songs from that throughout the episode, as well as her work on Country Soul Songbook and the upcoming Country Soul Songbook Summit on October 15th through the 18th, which has just an incredible, amazing lineup of artists who are bringing their wisdom about how to make music work for everybody. Uh, We're super psyched to bring this conversation to you and really hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Kamara Thomas. Like black ink running from a fountain You know, if we get uh, a few weeks ago, you released an EP live at Castle House, mm-hmm. right? And maybe if we could, is it all right if we talk a few, a little bit about those songs? I'm so interested in them as a little, as a collection there. Um, yeah. Um, you know, bas- basically, uh, the whole EP came about because of this, um, of this exhibit that, uh, Jessica Leonard put together at Castle House, and I don't know. Are you familiar with Castle House? I'm not actually. Um, it's it's uh, it's Ellen Castley, the architect, and her huh. husband Frank Conhouse, huh. and they, um, you know, it's it's her home. It's their home um, that she designed, but they've all, you know, they designed it in such a way that it's also has a gallery space. Huh. Um, and I think, you know, an artist residence that, you know, they host kind of artist residencies there. Oh. Um, and so they'll do these, you know, exhibits from time to time. And they're, they're kind of just an like an artist incubator space, you know. Mm. And so they put on, you know, just Justina Leonard put on this uh, exhibit called Ekphrasis where, um, you know, Frank and Ellen have a have an int- really interesting um, photography. They're really into photography and they... Um, so they have a photography collection, hmm. and uh, the exhibit called Ekphrasis was all about um, people from different, um, you know, disciplines interacting with the photography collection. Hmm. And so uh, Jacina kind of put me on the case with this um, with this Alex Soth photo yeah. uh, called Cape. I don't want to mispronounce it, but I think it's Cape Girardeau, Missouri, something like that. Um, right. you, I, and, um, you know, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Soth, but, um, you know, for me going through his work, you know, it just brought up all of these kind of like my own 
mythology, mm. my own kind of internal mythology about the Midwest and, mm. and what I think about the Midwestern perspective and, um, which, you know, for me, you know, he, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, he, his photos really evoke that for me. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, so they commissioned a song, um, in response to that photo. And I was like, you know, daunted a little bit at first, but then just like looking at, you know, looking at the photo, it just kind of spilled out, you know, when I was in, um, and it really helped me to kind of initiate a new bent in my writing. You know, I was, right. I was trying to find a way to write shorter songs because I'm huh. at this point, you know, known for like the six to nine minute song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm if I take known, you on a journey I'm known for it in my bands. Like my band's always like, how long is this song? And, and you're like, you know, trying to develop these six to nine minute songs. And, and right. people are like, I'm sorry, what part are we in now? And what, you know, <laughs> and I was like, I'm, you know, it's probably would be good for me as a songwriter to just, uh, to just try and like see what a three to four minute song is like, like mm. how to simplify, how to streamline, how to, you know, mm. Um, tell the, ep you know, I, I love epic stories, but how do you tell that epic story in three minutes instead of nine, you know? And mm -hmm. um, so it kind of initiated that. And also because the deadline was so short, you know, I couldn't just kind of yeah. go off to the races and go into my normal process, which, you know, kind of historically has been, I let songs take however long they need to take, you yeah. know, like there are songs that have taken me, seven years to write, you know, right. and I just let them sit there and I'm like, Oh, what, whenever you're ready, let me know, you know? And, um, so it was, you know, it just initiated a really, um, fulfilling kind of process for me where I, where I had to really work a little bit more under the gun and, um, and, you know, but I didn't want to sacrifice any of the things that are super important to me, you know, so, right. uh, in a song. So, um, and I just, I, it was such a fun process and so rewarding creatively. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then that kind of brought about this, you know, I was like, ah, you know, I, I really want to make sure that I associate this song with this process and this place and mm -hmm. what it gave me, you know? And so, um, so I, you know, I kind of floated the idea of doing a live recording over to Frank and Ellen and they were like, that would be great. You know, so it, it just kind of all kind of came together from there. And then I was able to, you know, I kind of pulled together the tunes that for me had been giving me trouble for a long time, huh. you know, so not, not all of them, but yeah. like, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to try in this particular space to kind of visit some of these like problem children songs of mm -hmm. mine that mm -hmm. um that kind of always you know like stranded in san antonio i've tried mm -hmm. to record this song <sighs> i've tried to record it many times mm -hmm. <laughs> at least three times like in a studio with money and it, it's it just hasn't come together in the way that i keep that i'm hearing the way that i need it and so i was like well let me think of this you know live performance as a little bit of a workshop with like with, with simple, you know, going at it really simply, yeah. you know? And so I asked Steve, who's, you know, been a long time collaborator on the drums with me and, mm -hmm. um, and my friend Tim, who, uh, Shearer, who I feel is just one of these great, he's just got a great ear and he's yeah. a fantastic like country guitarist as mm -hmm. well. You know, he can play mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff, but he really can, he really gets 
the country stuff, you know, yeah. um, and that those sensibilities. And, um, so, you know, I was like, let me just approach it with those two and see, um, see how simple we can make things yeah. instead of how complicated we can make them. Right. And, um, and then, you know, literally San Antonio has, it, it was the best it's ever sounded. And I was like, okay, mm. now we're getting somewhere with this song. And then, you know, Phoenix and the Fireweed was another one. It was just this incredibly long song, but mm-hmm. there were parts of it that just had to be there and it was never coming together. And, um, you know, it just, it just helped me pare it down and, and bring it back to, you know, I've tripped up a lot in my process over the years by, mm. you know, the minute I bring a band into the situation, yeah, um, it's, it's hard, you know, it just gets hard for me to like, keep the song central hmm. and um but i want a band on it so bad you know i'm yeah. I'm, I'm a band person you know and so you know it, it's like I've, I've kind of found over the past few years that when i just kind of tear off small pieces and look at them separately i'm able to then come back into a band situation and put it together properly right. um what, so uh, yeah, when you when you say that when you say it's hard to keep the song central, what ends up sort of taking that center space or or pushing the song around? I mean, half of it is like I really I love my the players I play with. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the musicians I play with. I I I tend to think of myself as someone who who makes room and I, I want to make room in my songs mm. for their talents and um and you know i i always have a so i i very rarely don't have some kind of solo section in my song and i love you know there's like also i have that that tendency to want to jam you know i'm not a i'm not a jammer as a musician necessarily but i love to hear it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i love to hear those moments where there's that foray into like a different space and um but what what ends up happening is is I I it's really because I still have really strong ideas about what that all should look like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like a million. I go into a song and there's a million tangents that we can go off into, and and I like to do that exploration. Yeah. You know, by the time we then throw it back together, um, I've kind of edged out my own voice and yeah. and kind of the structure of the song sometimes. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, it just has taken me a bit of time to understand that like my voice and the song and the words really have to be central and that everything else has to kind of come up around that. Um, and that, you know, it helps me for in future songs to be like, okay, if you want that jamtastic like Mm -hmm. section, you need to build that in from the outset. You, You can't just assume that it will appear because you want it there, you know, (laughs) if you didn't build it into the song kind of stuff. Um, Is, and um, yeah, I I mean, is there, you mentioned, you mentioned before that, you know, you'll, you're pretty patient with songs. What do you, what do you feel like you're listening for? And, and maybe this is kind of a, like when you're, when you're writing alone, but also when you're in that band setting, what are you listening for to sort of, for the song to say like, okay, I'm done. 
I mean, it's really never done. That's yeah. The, that's the thing. It really isn't. You know, it would be like nice if moment. it said, I'm done. <laughs> it's never done. Right. But there is a moment of yeah. decision where it's like, mm. no, we're going into the studio, so it's time to make decisions. And like right. that idea of like, okay, we're going to be preserving this for some kind of posterity. Yeah. And the idea that like live, this is still going to keep changing mm -hmm. and there's still going to be discoveries. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of, I, I know how to accept that part of it. Yeah. You know, it's the posterity part that I, you know, and, and that's why it's taken me this long to begin really releasing music. I, mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, you know, sometimes I, there's this been this warring, these warring voices within me where, where one of them is like, you know, why, why aren't you being discovered? And why, mm. why aren't people listening to your music? And then I go to iTunes and I'm like, um... You actually have only released one album. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't people heard um, this song that only I have heard? <laughs> yeah. And for my bandmates, the people who work with me, they're yeah. like, oh, this song again, you know. Um, <laughs> like my husband cannot be in bands with me anymore because he's right. like, no, I've, you know, I've worked on this stuff long enough mm -hmm. for myself, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I have nothing to add to this. And so it, it, it can be, it's, I think it's been pretty hard for people in process with me to be like, you know, and in, but you know, the, the good news is, um, you know, I think I can feel and, you know, and part of why I was like, Oh, I'm going to release this EP and I've actually got another live EP that I'm releasing mm -hmm. at the probably, end of October, early mm -hmm. November, you know, so I'm yeah. just going to start pumping out all of this material now okay. um, because, you know, and, and it just took me a minute to accept that that's my process, yeah. you know, that like, um, I'm happy to release it once I'm happy with it. And, <laughs> yeah. but it's taken me a long time to be happy with it, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, but now in general, I'm kind of happy with it. So I'm like, let's, let's, let's kick this all out the door. Yeah. Take me to the place I am found, I am found. Sister River, healing waters. Take me to the place I am found. Jesus, I do thank you kindly for your abiding love and your saving grace. I do feel though that I need my mother to wash my sins and my sorrows away. Well, you know, it's funny, on, on the Castle House in Sister River, you slide into I'll Fly Away for like a second mm -hmm. and then come back mm -hmm. out. And mm -hmm. I, what, I mean, it was sort of just an interesting footnote or gesture to me. And mm -hmm. it, it just makes me think about sort of this 
bigger question, Kamara, about sort of how you think about, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if tradition is the right word or, you know, um, sort of a through line from the work that you're creating and the you know, I, you know, I know from your work and from your music that you have a deep appreciation for, you know, what's come before and what's happening around you. And how do you think about that in your creative process or, or in, you know, as you engage with an audience or, or any number of ways that, you know, I mean, it's so varied the way that you can think about that, that role of tradition in your work or, or, or history or legacy. Is, mm -hmm. is that a vague enough question to ask? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. You're, you're asking. You're asking all the great questions. But like, this is what I love to talk about. Good, you know. Good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know, as I approach, like I, I don't. I think a big through line of my work is is that is mm. you know lineage, ancestry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically American lineages mm -hmm. and the land and how we relate to land and how um, landscape informs like our actual characters yeah. and um, you know so and and you know I, as a musician I've never wanted to do anything innovative per se mm -hmm. you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it, it's not like I'm after like you know how, you know, I do think about like, ooh, how can I add to this and move it forward, you know, right. and keep it relevant, right. um, you know, especially when it comes to country and Americana. I'm mm -hmm. thinking about that always, mm -hmm. you know, that like, well, where does this need to go in order for, you know, specifically those genres, like where do they need to go in order to stay relevant, you yeah. know, Um because I do, you know, it's, it's such a fine line, you know, between like just kind of languishing in tradition mm -hmm. and like it kind of dying out because it won't, it won't transform and, and kind of come into new forms, right. you know, but, but at the same time, I do believe in that kind of, you know, like old time religion thing, you know, where right. it's like the, the reason it's our tradition is because it's connected really deeply to the land, really mm. deeply to like w where our culture comes from. You know, so it's like it's uh, and, and those things are really intangible. You know, they're really just a feeling or a, um, a knowing yeah. you know, that we kind of have that. And so I, that's always what I'm trying to tap into. It's like, well, how do I, how do I know, you know, yeah. and, and just like any kind of religious feeling, you know it, but you can't prove it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can mark, you can find its markings. Right. And yeah. so as a, as an artist, I'm looking for, you know, I, I've chosen my markers, which is kind of like my musical lineage. So I trace my musical lineage through those songwriters who are, who I feel are kind of pointing at it, you know, like yeah. how they say, like, you know, what's that saying about religion? Like, you know, you, religion's pointing at the truth but, but you should you know but when you start mm. worshiping the thing that's pointing you're not you know it's the, the point the thing that's pointing at it is not the truth right <laughs> the truth is intangible right you know but you can you can follow the things that are pointing at it 
toward it kind of thing, you know? Right. So it, it's like, I traced that lineage through Emmy Lou Harris and mm-hmm. Tina Turner and mm-hmm. Tom Patty and Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and uh, Odetta mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Cotton. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I look, I trace it through them, but I still have to kind of maintain like, well, you know, here's the here and now and how do I honor that by by moving it forward and and making it intangible for for the next generation right, right. um and and putting the knowing into it you know yeah. so does that kind of answer your question it, it's like so beautifully <laughs> yeah so beautifully without answering it no i'm just kidding yeah. uh, <laughs> um but so i mean this is making me think a lot about country soul songbook and mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, like I was like coming to the, like I was out of town for the one that you did last fall, but then was coming to the one at North star that mm. then got close. I watched the whole thing. Like, Yay! oh, it like brought so much joy. I've got my mug. I'm like, you know, like I am, I am on, I am on, on your hype team, what, whatever you need. <laughs> Someone for your hype team, I will be out in the street dancing for Country Soul Songbook. Um, but I, I'm really, you've got the summit coming up, which mm-hmm. seems to really sort of help people reckon with not just the art, but also sort of the, um, the responsibility mm-hmm. of making these genres of country and Americana uh, equitable. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering how much of, of that focus or that idea was part of your initial ideas about the series or has that sort of come about as like, this is a moment where we can push this conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, you know, even though I am, I'm a black woman mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I have always understood that I'm a black woman and that, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it really took me a while, you know, there, there's so much of like our context mm-hmm. that I really refused to recognize growing up, you know, mm-hmm. I, because, and part of it was self-preservation, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up mostly in white spaces mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, there was an element of like, I don't want to call it a little element of almost a Stockholm syndrome or something, uh-huh. you know, where, where I, I, I definitely took on this, this feeling of, or this idea of a meritocracy, you know, that mm. if I, you know, that if I just kept doing what I loved and was ambitious with it and, um, was good at it and, and made getting excellent at it you know, my priority and really pushed that, you know, and, and really just became the artist that, that, um, that I wanted to be and became more and more excellent at it, that, that somehow I would succeed at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that once I understood that that struggle, you know, once I understood that my struggling with, with succeeding at it and with kind of mm-hmm. finding opportunity for myself, what, once I could accept that it was, um, that, that it was at least that, that our context and racism and, yeah. 
you know, white supremacy and Amer- you know, that, that everything we're dealing with right now, that social, mm-hmm. de- once I could accept that that was at least partially responsible, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, it, it, and when I say partially irresponsible, I mean like, you know, some of it was me mm-hmm. just being, um, uh, just not confident in what mm-hmm. I was doing and, you know, but that also was fed by the context, right? There were right. all sorts of cues, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's taken me a while to unpack it, but it was like, oh, there, there are all these cues I was receiving from my environment right. that led me to believe that I wasn't good enough at this, that I needed to work a little harder, that, that, um, that if I could just, you know, become one of the, you know, yep. black people who do this, yep that it would, that everything would be, that everything would feel better mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? And, yes. and, um, and what that does is it, it totally, you know, in this, in the, in the country's uh, Americana context, it kind of separates black people out from each other right. and, and, and keeps us from creating community around mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so it took me, it's, you know, it, it, for me, it's all kind of coagulating in country soul songbook because yeah. I, you know, I've, I know how to organize community around things I love, right. you know, I know how to, I know, I call it like roping people into my shenanigans, you know, I'm like, <laughs> hey, we, this is gonna be so fun, you're gonna love this, you want to yeah. do it? And then they're like, yeah, and then they're like, what did I get myself into, you know, um, right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and I had already done a project like this called Honky Tonk Happy Hour in mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. um, but I was the only black person there, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, you know, I just, I kind of made the same assumptions that the context was what, what that, the, that I was getting cued, right. That mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're, you're actually the only black person doing this. So it's fine. Just go do it, you mm-hmm. know, and rally all the white people around it. And it's going to, you know, it's like, you'll succeed at this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and so I think there was this moment where as this project you know, as it kind of kept rearing its head at me and being like, there's this, there's this new and improved honky tonk happy hour. It's co yeah. you know, like, what is it? What's this vision? It all started to kind of come together as I began to wake up to the real, to the reality of the situation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, you know, once I'm the kind of person that I'm like, as soon as I see, have clear sight. Yeah. I know how to come up with an idea to move the thing forward, Mm -hmm. but um, there was a lot of, you know, not non-clarity for a long time around it. And so, so as soon as I got clarity about what I was dealing with and what needed to be done, I was like, okay, I can come up with something super fun for us to do Mm -hmm. to, to get this work done, Mm -hmm. you know, because so much of the time, the work to be done, you know, it, it, we need energy for it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the only way to get the energy there for it is to, is to make it fun and to invigorate ourselves with it. And mm-hmm. I, and, and it, I mean, I guess that's the way I approach it. You know, um, the minute the work becomes a drudgery, like the energy for it fizzles out, you know? Right. Um, and I think, you know, at its core, like country in America, at least for me, I mean, I guess I'm just only can speak for me, but I think, you know, I think so many of the people who are participating in this would agree is like that when you have a passion for this music, there, there's so many rabbit holes you can go down, you Mm -hmm. know? 
And half of it with the tradition is that like putting a song in your body and singing it and Mm. playing it together, Mm. you know, it brings up the old time religion. It brings up all of the feelings that, you know, it it connects you. It connects you to the past and like moves you into the future. You can feel the energy flow of it. And so, um, you know, and I know, that it, you know, once you feel that flow and that energy flow kind of coming through you from the past, it invigorates you to write more, to be like, oh, well, what's the next, what's the next country song I have to write then? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the next story? What's this, you know, and for me, you know, I now have this huge kind of pot boiling where Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, like, there's this story that's missing. There's that story that's missing. Oh, wow. There's so many stories to tell. Right. And it becomes less of a, like, why didn't anybody tell these stories? Mm-hmm. You know, which is definitely a part of the conversation that mm-hmm. has to be had. But, mm-hmm. but for the artist, it becomes like, oh, wow, there's so much to do. And let me dive in. Let me dig in. Let me tell the story. Let me write the song. Let me, yeah. you know, which is really the artist's job is to just kind of be on that you know, edge, kind of constantly, you know, saying, hey, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, you know. You said to stock our stores until El Paso. When was it you decided you were gonna leave me alone? As you whispered your land of milk and honey lies, my love, I'll wait for you, send for you once to reach the border of New Mexico. So, so as you think about the summit coming up and folks who might be like, like it feels like a, a a wide net that could be cast for people who want to participate in it. But, you know, just how would you describe it of like, who, like, who's it for? What does that make sense? Like, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of, uh, and th- these are these are things we've been kind of talking yeah. about on our kind of team, you know, mm-hmm. as we as we work that out too. Which is, you know, we really number one, we think that the Americana and country music community of artists mm-hmm. is actually a lot more progressive than it gets presented through the industry. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the yeah. industry and the business of it is necessarily, I don't know if it's necessarily, but it's traditionally slow. You know, it's, yeah. it's not based on artists values. Right. So it, it moves at the speed of money, mm-hmm. which it'll <laughs> catch up if the money is telling it to catch up, right. but it's not going to move because it doesn't move on its own volition. Right. You know, it it only moves toward what 
where the money's going. And, and so it tends to, it, you know, just like understanding that it, like as an industry, as a business, it mm-hmm. will always tend to stagnate mm-hmm. because it wants the bread and butter, you know, mm-hmm. it wants, and no matter how progressive minded the people in it might be. And there, I know that there are many people inside sure. the industry who mm-hmm. are progressively minded, mm-hmm. but there's no incentive, right. <laughs> you know, there, there's never going to be an incentive to do anything but status quo to kind of, oh, you know, an artist, maybe, you know, some movement will push it to another thing and then it will, it will plateau there mm-hmm. until, you know, somebody else comes along and pushes it to another thing. And so, you know, really, I think what we're after in terms of who it's for is artists, yeah. you know, and the people who consider themselves artists and mm-hmm. and the audiences that really love artists, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, that, right. that are, which I really feel like is most of the audience, yes. you know, most of the audience is there because they've fallen in love with, um, with a certain style of songwriting or, um, you know, certain artists and the way they tell these stories mm-hmm. or, you know, so I feel like it's really for the whole community, but it's, it's focused through like what artists need yeah. to be, to do their job, mm-hmm. you know, which is, and, you know, cause what happens is a, this negative feedback loop starts to happen with an industry and a business that is stagnant and is offering these, what I call like the invitation to exploitation, (laughs) you know, but it only offers those invitations if you're doing what it knows it can sell. And so, Mm -hmm. so what it creates for the artist is this feeling of having to somehow fit their square peg into the, whatever that saying is, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like how can I, and, and then the artist starts to kind of slowly over time start to shave off their edges, right. you know, in order to kind of fit. And then it's like, I'm still kind of doing, I still kind of have my voice. I still kind of mm. am unique. I still kind of have some of these core values of mine, but some of the edges have been shaved off so that I can now be sold. Right. right? right. And I really, I think in the end, we really want to put the the power back into the artist court, mm-hmm. you know, and and help, you know, support artists and 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 have artists driving the conversation, mm-hmm. which makes the conversation a lot more varied. Yeah. You know, it makes it makes the points of view a lot more like it is not a homogenized. Um, right situation and in fact can have more conflict can have more mm-hmm. you know disagreement it's you know that's community mm-hmm. you know that is actually mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and i think business tries to sell us community as like we all like the same thing <laughs> you know <laughs> or, or or even the or even the other version of that of like like put aside your differences and come right to, right that, that like right. and i often hear music talked music specifically talked about in that way of like isn't it nice that even though you know you voted for this person and i voted for this person here we are for an hour and a half listening to music together and you know and there's we like we can forget our differences kind yeah, of yeah and, yeah and sort of like yeah. and you know those differences are only about you know you know <laughs> justice <laughs> <laughs> and humanity. 
<laughs> tell me about justice and racism and, uh, you know, uh, you know like, if someone's getting, you know, shot down by police over there. Right. Or, yeah, exactly. Justice. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I guess, you know, one of the things you said a couple times, Kamara, was this idea of people being progressive minded, which I think, you know, is par like part of this challenge of like the industry is that you can have people who have like progressive thoughts and right. regressive action. Right? Exactly. And so exactly. is part of the idea here that that you might you might end up tapping into artists and getting a wider variety of ways to seek that progressive action. Or they're like, do you feel like Hmm, these are some specific things that if our industry, for lack of a better word, did, we would actually have a much more, uh, a, a, an industry that reflects the values of the artist more closely. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, so within the summit, for instance, we're providing a platform for, um, uh, country Music Against White Supremacy, who, mm. who uh, this is a group of artists who yeah. put together uh, this pledge of actionable steps, yeah. you know, because it's, they put it together because they're like, well, we don't, we can wait till the cows come home for people to change their minds. Yeah. But if we give them actions that they can take, that they can pledge to, it's more important right now for their actions to be taken than for their minds necessarily to be changed. Like right. you can take your time unpacking your white supremacy mm -hmm. and, you know, take as much time as you want. Mm -hmm. But if you actually want to change something right now, then you can pledge your resources, yeah. you know, in the form of like, I'm a publicist. I pledge to, you know, three hours of my services to a black artist. I am a, you know, I mm. am a, an artist that can, choose their own opener i pledge to take two people out on the road with me this tour you know right. um so that um you know so that people can jump over the whole like you know kind of white guilt um yeah right. you know the, the, yeah. the whole like i gotta unpack this psychologically yeah. mm -hmm. gap yeah. jump over that for a minute you know get to that when you can but like <laughs> right. but right now just take some action and like you know just know that that's helping move the needle, right. you know? Um, so it's like, yeah, that's happening. And also mm -hmm. this idea that, you know, we hope that country soul Songbook will provide a platform, um, for, for artists to come up with their own ideas that we can mm -hmm. support and put mm -hmm. our, put, put our, um, resources behind. Yeah. Um, we're also hoping, you know, to move that conversation toward, you know, these ideas of community where, you know, for so another thing the industry does is it makes it really siphons off and silos off mute music, mm. right? As if it's this thing mm -hmm. that stands apart from all of these other parts of community and culture, right? right, right? right. And like, you know, someone like, like Kim Register, yeah. you know, I think more than me, I mean, they've taught me a lot about this, which mm -hmm. is like, the music is not separate from the activism is not separate from the community building is not separate from the, yeah. um, 
you know, the interactions is not separate from like the messages, you know, it, it is all one thing is not separate from how, how we, you know, deal with our food yeah. and farmers and the land is mm-hmm. not separate from, you know, all of these different things that an artist finds themselves involved in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so these things need to be visited as well. These conversations need to be brought into the picture as well. Um, and I think, you know, any artist you talk to knows that already, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just that we we haven't been driving the conversation and we have to begin placing artists at the forefront of the conversation because the artists are the ones with all the big ideas, you know, yeah. that, and, and it's not just artists, it's creatives, it's, mm-hmm. it's cultural preservationists. You know, mm-hmm. when I say artists, I'm really talking about, you know, the idea people, the creatives, yeah. and it's not just a musician, you know, right. it's, right. <laughs> right. um, right. And so, yeah, it's, it's like bringing this integrating, you know, integrating it all, making it more holistic in terms of how we approach community and how we approach, you know, the music itself too, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so, um, I'd love to, Kamara, if, if, if it's all right, I'd love to sort of like think about that in the context of the, the piece, the performance that you're gearing up for now, sort of and how you think about sort of drawing on your wide variety of, of sort of media or, or, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, you know, um, ways of communicating through art. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the piece, but also sort of take that step back to think about that that interconnectivity that you were just talking about and what that affords you or, or helps you see Mm -hmm. more clearly. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm finally discovering, I'm at such a wonderful, happy place in my creative Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. It's like the feeling of like finally, you know, coming up from air after, after having been diving for a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) And like coming up and being like, oh, forest for trees, this is awesome. And I know there will be another dive at some point, but for right now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm definitely seeing the mirror, um, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of integration and synthesis, you know, mm-hmm. it is also kind of getting mirrored just in my personal creative process, right? And mm-hmm. um, this, you know, for that, that was kind of my struggle for a long time was, Oh, I'm a musician and a songwriter, and this is where I've put all of my eggs. Yeah. And this is where I said I was going to make my living. This is where I said I was going to put my ambitions. But always having these other parts of of a kind of creative world, like, tugging at me, you know, like theater tugging at me and visual Mm -hmm. art tugging at me Mm -hmm. and, and, kind of being, you know, that, that the real angst of my creative life has been like slapping down these, these parts of myself to be like, no, we're doing music. We said we were going to do music. Let's stay in the lane and let's, you know, commit to this. Let's not dissipate the energy. Um, and along with that, this kind of like, I call it like, you know, sometimes I, during the past kind of couple decades, I guess is how long I've been at it now. It, mm. You know, there, I would always have these feelings where I was like beating my horse, like my, my music, like a, <laughs> like a, like a dead mule, 
you know, to like yeah. make me something, make something happen here. Like, give me money, you know. And the music was just like, I'm tired. I'm yeah. not going any, you know, like, I don't want to do this, you know. Yeah. And really losing my inspiration to kind of keep going with music, you know. Mm-hmm. And these other parts of my creative process would always be there to be like, well, just go concentrate on that for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and like. Um, and it really helped to kind of loosen the knots on the music, you know, and, and as I kind of saw how these things could feed each other and started to see myself more holistically as like an artist, which is really what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know, yeah. when I, when I would write down, you know, you know that, that, uh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss, uh, book about me, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was always like artist. I want to be an artist, you yeah, know, right. and like understanding that, that, um, again, that it was the context that kept driving me to be in one lane. Right. Um, and kind of, you know, so, and, and then along with that, that feeling of just like, because there wasn't the money for it, because I wasn't mm-hmm. getting the recognition or the support, just feeling that really heavy feeling of like, there is nothing supporting me to do this. Mm. So, you know, and so, but the beautiful thing that happens, you mm. know, from, from that kind of like pressure cooker feeling of like, Oh, all these lanes, oh, I got no money, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, kind of came about when, when I did my Kickstarter campaign to raise money for, for my album that's coming mm-hmm. out next year, Tularosa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this vision kind of came to me where it was like, just put it all in to Tularosa, you know, and Tularosa was this thing that is like, I was like, oh, it's songs, but it's also this theater thing, but it's also this, you know, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. It was like, just start, raise some money and make your first video, just make a, make a video. And it was like, and there was something that was like, you know, it was like, how much money do you have? I was like, I have $750. Yeah. <laughs> Some people pay that much in taxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have the amount that Donald Trump oh. paid in taxes in 2016 and 17. Yeah. What, <laughs> what can I make with that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and something about like the limitation of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. drove, began to drive the creativity where it was like, yeah. okay, I can, I've got face paint. Yeah. I've got, I've got a roll of $20 like fabric from the scrap exchange. Yeah. I have a roll of paper. Like I have a roll of, you know, brown paper from home Depot yeah. and I've got like 10 people who will do stuff for like a bowl of beans and rice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, and so many artists figured this out so much earlier than I did. This is this yeah. is again not innovative, right, right, right. But it was like the moment that I figured it out and and yeah. came up with the O'Gallo's video. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you know, like I can I could do this forever, and now I relish it. I'm like, yeah. ooh, let's make this with like nothing, like. Let's like go out in the yeah. woods and find some sticks. Yeah. And um, it just kind of got me. It, it It's like I found myself as an artist through that limitation, right. you know. Um, and now it's off to the races. You know, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I've got so many ideas of what I could do with a stick, Amazing. you know. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
Well, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kamara. It gave me so much to think about. Uh, it was great to laugh with her and talk with her. I hope you'll pick up Live at Castle House. I hope you'll check out the resources by registering at the Country Soul Songbook Summit. And I hope you'll look out for Tularosa coming out next year. Um, thanks to Kamara for joining us on the podcast. Please share it. Uh, share it digitally. Uh, or just tell a friend about the podcast so they can enjoy it too. Hope you all are staying safe and be well. Oh, oh.